brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back to our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now, here's the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Welcome, everybody. Okay, today we're going to be talking about narcissistic rage. And narcissistic rage is very, very pervasive, especially in marriages, especially in relationships where people tend to take each other for granted. And, and what's interesting about it is is that it really encompasses much more than your regular angry person. It's got a lot more layers to it. So we're going to to kind of peel it back. You know, uh, if you look at the narcissist, they are someone who has buried their true expression in a response to early injuries, and and they replace it with a highly developed uh, compensatory A false self. That means they project a self that is very different than the anger that lies below them. And this alternate person, this persona to the real self often comes across as grandiose, like they're above others, they're they're fairly self-absorbed. And the narcissistic rage that that I'm talking about, this can be defined as an intense anger, an aggression, or a passive-aggressive, uh, when a narcissist experiences a setback or a disappointment, which shatters their illusions of grandiosity of themselves and their sense of entitlement and their sense of superiority, it triggers a, an inner inadequacy and a shame and a vulnerability that they don't want anyone to see. And so what they do is they lash out, and they lash out unequivocally to the person that they're responding to. What that means is they're basically not giving uh, the, the rage is not proportionate to the situation. And so, you know, examples of narcissistic rage is like intense outbursts, uh, sudden fits of anger, you know, passive aggressive acts such as simmering and resentment. Icy silence is a very common uh, ingredient of it. Deliberate neglect or cutting uh, sarcasm. And what distinguishes narcissistic rage from normal anger is that it is usually unreasonable. It's usually disproportional to the situation, as I said before, and it's very aggressive. It's cutting, and it's intense passive aggressiveness, and all because of the narcissist's wants and wishes are not being catered to. And so it's a blow to their superficial, idealized self-image. And, you know, it's important also to know that that not all angry outbursts are narcissistic. There are many other factors at work, such as chemical imbalance, head injury, drugs, alcohol. All those kind of scenarios can play into what looks like a narcissistic rage. But here's some ingredients. You know, the, the narcissist doesn't get their way even when it's unreasonable. They, 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 they go into a rage because they don't get their way even when their way is not even remotely something that is acceptable. They also, they feel criticized in some way, and that triggers them. And even when the critique is made diplomatically, reasonably, and constructively, they still either simmer inside or they blow. They also, they aren't, they, uh, the narcissist isn't, isn't treated as a center of attention. And when that happens, 
Even when there are other priorities involved, if they're not the center of attention, that rage will come forward. Also, the narcissist is caught breaking rules. If that happens, they're going to go into a deep-seated fit and, you know, violating social norms or disregarding boundaries. You know, when they're breaking rules and they're caught, that is something they just cannot stand. You know, how dare you talk to me uh, this way in front of these people, whatever, whatever it is. I mean, they just get all up in arms in those scenarios. They're also, uh, another scenario is they're asked to be accountable for their actions or their words. Uh, Many times they go into a rage because they have excuse after excuse after excuse. These folks have a lot of trouble taking personal responsibility for the damage that they cause and the things that they do. Uh, Another scenario would be they suffer a blow uh, to their idealized egotistical self-image, such as when when they're being told that they will not be given uh, an exception to a rule or be granted special treatment. Uh, They expect special treatment. They expect that their, their outburst is going to result in getting their way, which many times, many people hate conflict. And so they just basically will sidestep the narcissist just to avoid having to deal with them. Some people will make a marriage out of that. Some people will make a life out of that. And basically what happens is this narcissistic trait, this rage, starts in childhood. And parents will lovingly try to love their child through the narcissism. But what they do is they end up building it and building it and building it. Also, here's another scenario. They're they're reminded of their charade, their manipulation, their exploitation, their inadequacy, their shame, their self-loathing. Many times the narcissist will turn everything back on other people as if they're the ones that have the narcissistic problem rather than the narcissist themselves. One thing you have to understand about a narcissist, they very rarely are able to face the fact that they're narcissists. They just can't see themselves in that light. It just goes against everything in their in their being. Um, Another scenario is they feel or they, they, they fear that they're not in control in their relationship or their physical surroundings. These folks like comfort. They like to feel in control. And so they like a lot of uh, tradition. They like a lot of habits. They have things that they have to do. And they do that in a sense to just basically build the foundation of a life that they can control and manipulate. And so they like to surround themselves with people that they feel they can influence and uh, in, in whatever way, shape, form, or fashion, and people that surround the, their life around this person. They want to be needed more than anything in this world. And that is the narcissist themselves. That's just how they operate. You know, it, it, the rage, the narcissistic rage, is utilized as a manipulative tool on the outside. And really what's happening is a pain avoidance uh, is going on on the inside. And so like a spoiled child, they, they throw a temper tantrum. And when they're not catered to, the narcissist attempts to use their rage to coerce their targets, which are the victims, to give in. And at the same time, the intense drama distracts the narcissist from the inner pain and the inadequacy of not constantly being worshipped on a pedestal, which is where they get their narcissistic supply. And if they don't have that, they begin to fear. They, they also fall apart uh, psychologically and emotionally at the prospect of not being special, unique, or above other people. And so when they go through times where they have to be humble, they are not very good at that. And so narcissistic people, they are their own God. There is no other God. They are their own God in this life. And that's the sad 
bag part of the psychology. Once again, a lot of this comes from childhood. We have to look at it as not as good and evil, but as ingredients that build into a personality, which is called a personality disorder. And that means that, that the personality disorder takes over the person. It overrides their nature. And so they become that disorder rather than the individual that is underneath that. So, you know, destructive consequences, they, they pay a heavy price for their rage, as well as their narcissistic behavior in general. And, and some of the things that, that are most common that you'll see in a narcissistic life is uh, family estrangement. Uh, the, the estrangement of their family, there's multiple studies that have examined the relationship between narcissism and difficult family relationships. And so what happens many times is the kids get sick of them. The, 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 the relationship dies because they don't have that, that sense of, of closeness or intimacy because the narcissist is so estranged in their own little world that they try to control and try to control and some people buck back and some people just defy. And if you give people a reason to rebel, they will rebel. And so narcissists get a lot of rebellion, whether it's silent or not, whether it's tolerating them or whatever, that's part of what goes on. Also, they have a relational delusion and, and divorce. That's a main ingredient that they oftentimes see in a narcissistic lifestyle. And, and research has also shown the tremendous negative impact narcissism has on romantic relationships and marriages. And the sad part is these narcissists go out to find another person that they, they, can, they can bully, they can be a self-centered, they can get all the attention. And, and so they go out there to find someone else that, that will put up with their narcissistic behavior. And sadly, there's a lot of codependent people out there that have grown up with people like this. And they're so used to it that they just simply will tolerate it. That's, that's kind of what they feel at home with because they've always had that. Okay. The other thing is um, loneliness and isolation is a big part of their life. And, uh, you know, due to the first three factors, you know, the, 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 the uh, relational delusion, divorce, also uh, relationship cutoffs, I, I forgot to mention that, narcissists use rather than relate. So they tend to leave many broken relationships behind. They also uh, experience relationship cutoffs from other, uh, others feeling let down, disappointed, lied to, used, manipulated, violated, exploited, betrayed, ripped off, demeaned invalidated, ignored, all these things the other person feels about the narcissist. So uh, loneliness falls into their life. And so they always have very little infrastructure of friends underneath them. They have very uh, few people that will tolerate them voluntarily. And so oftentimes you're going to find them to be very isolated people and very lonely people. They also have, uh, uh, since they have a lack of substance and connectedness, they tend to have a lot of missed opportunities. And so a lot of people will instinctually understand that this person may be here, but they're not fully here and they have something going on with them. And so uh, many times the narcissist is going to talk about themselves and rather than uh, try to find out about other people. And when other people realize that we're not having a two-way conversation, that's too much energy. Also, they often find themselves in financial, career, legal trouble uh, from rule breaking, from gross responsibility, uh, careless indulgence, and other things. Also, damaged reputation is huge. And from a personal, professional, 
uh, lack of, of credibility, of reliability, of trustworthiness, they get a problem with their reputation. And they also have a deep-seated fear of rejection and being unimportant. So this, this is the core of a narcissistic rage. Many narcissists are constantly hounded by the insecurity that people may not see them as privileged, powerful, popular, or special. And so, and as they want to make themselves to be. So they react intensely when their fears are confirmed. And deep down, many narcissists feel like the ugly duckling, even though they painfully don't want to admit that. You know, can they change? Of course they can change. But only if they are aware and willing to go through courageous process of self-discovery. And, you know, quite frankly... It would not hurt for a person like this to become uh, to to focus on on religion and God, and to tell you the truth, because that puts them below someone, and that gives them an understanding and a role model of what life could be like. And so, you know, the sense of what religion or or faith can offer a person like that is a good thing, because it puts them in a humbling position where they have to think differently than just the narcissist. Narcissists are oftentimes uh, people that just don't believe in any God. You know, here's some characteristics. They have very challenged confidence. An appearance of confidence and self-assurance and entitlement are very significant to them. But the underlying appearance, however, is a person wrought with inadequacy and insecurity. They often place unrealistic demands on others in the course of relationships. And these demands often lead to being challenged by the companion. And when they're challenged, the narcissist's fragile ego is unable to accept the idea that they were wrong and they're seen as imperfect. And ultimately, this leads to a disdain for the person that challenges them. And so the instant uh, they're being challenged, the narcissist perceives an attack being placed on them and responds with rage toward the person in order to, to regain feelings of superiority. And also injury to self-esteem is huge. Injury to self-esteem of the narcissist, it basically, it, it underlies a, a very strong sense of shame and failure. And so they project entitlement and self-importance often to an unbelievable extremes. When, when a narcissist failures are observed and pointed out by others, the overwhelming sense of shame causes a huge black backlash toward the person perceived as the perpetrator or the accusation of failure. And so this rage becomes pointed and, and towards the accuser. And it often impairs the narcissist's ability to think rationally and handling the situation. So they just boil and boil and they go out of control. And so the need for revenge, often called explosive rage, doesn't subside until the narcissist has placed the appropriate punishment upon the accuser. And this often leads to acts of violence. Also, they have a false sense of self. You know, the narcissist has how they see themselves and their own capabilities. And that false sense is very grandiose. And so they often instill, this is instilled in their childhood and it's nurtured by their parents or their caregivers who accept nothing less than perfection from that child. And underlying this false sense of self is the narcissist feeling that they're not lovable for who they are or what they offer in relationships. And in an intimate relationship, the narcissist perceives their lover to be a, a disbelief about who they are. And this causes them to go into rage and that rage surfaces. And they're prone to very superficial relationships that nurture the false sense of self. 
So when a person gets too close to the narcissist, this upsets the balance of who they understand themselves to be with the lover, truly perceiving them uh, and, and tempting the defense system of the narcissist. So the defense system is what we're going to take on. We're going to talk more about narcissistic rage. Then we're going to go into some of the childhood. And then we're going to go into male and female narcissists and how they operate differently. Come back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Dr. Gary Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist in Southern California, but he is here to help you no matter where you are. Visit drgbmft.com. You can schedule an appointment with Dr. Bell, and many major health insurance plans are accepted. Call or text Dr. Bell today at 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com. Dr. Bell could help you take back your life in four to eight carefully constructed sessions. Stop coping and start living in the now. Call 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com today. Do you like what you're hearing on the show today? Dr. Gary Bell wants to help you no matter where you are. He's fast, efficient, effective, and has a no-bull approach to helping you in less than 10 sessions. If you're ready to change right now, drop everything and call or text Dr. Bell at 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com today. You can also follow Dr. Bell on Twitter at drgbmft for some great insight and direction. Are you ready? Make that change. Pick up the phone or go to the site, 951-818-7856 or drgbmft.com. Remember, drgbmft.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You need to live up to your full potential. You've heard that for years, but now there's a channel to help you get there. Introducing the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Our listeners have told us that they want to be motivated, hear about success stories, and positive encouragement around the clock. And we've responded to you. The Voice America Empowerment Channel is the home of the world's top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success experts. Listen to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's here at voiceamericaempowerment.com. Hi, I'm Sam Nussbaum, WellPoint's Chief Medical Officer. We proudly support the March of Dimes mission to improve the health of babies and fight premature birth. We're helping the March of Dimes fund breakthroughs in research and community programs that help more moms have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Join us in working together to provide children with a healthier start in life. Visit marchofdimes.org. 
Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it'll take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. Okay, we're, we're talking about narcissistic rage. And narcissistic rage is the Achilles heel of all narcissists because there's so many things that are indicators of a person who is narcissistic. Let, let me give you some very quick personality traits that you will catch on to very quickly. They're number one, they're control freaks. They're total control freaks. They have to control everything to the nth degree. Also, they're irritable. They're very irritable. Uh, they have very short fuses, so their anger will bubble up very fast when they're comfortable with the other person and they don't feel like that person's going to leave them and they're not on, uh, got to be on good behavior. Uh, what they basically do is they have very short fuses, especially with uh, children, especially with their spouse, especially with anybody that they feel they have superiority over. Um, they have a very uh, low frustration tolerance. Tolerance. They're often argumentative because they need to have the last word and they do not like to lose. And so they gloat in victory and they're very sullen in defeat, like little children. And, and they, uh, they often don't feel or demonstrate remorse when they cross people's boundaries because they're so delusioned that what they're doing isn't going to hurt the other person or they're so guarded in a sense of who they are, they don't even see the damage that they do to people. They just don't understand it. And they're also uh, uh, quick to anger if you don't accommodate them, and they're aggressively defensive. And so these are some strong uh, indicators. So there's a connection between narcissism and rage. There is a saying that when, when you're a hammer and the world looks like a nail, and when you're a narcissist, the world looks like it should approve, adore, agree, and obey you. Anything less than that feels like an assault, and because of that, the narcissist feels justified in raging back. And so, you know, what the core of the narcissist is, is what's often referred to as basically low self-esteem. You know, they don't know how to love themselves, and, you know, to, to love yourself 
is a sense of having to accept yourself. They can't accept who they really think they are. And so, they, you know, um, what's really uh, the also their core is an instability in their ability to feel and sustain feeling bigger, larger, smarter, more successful than everyone else. Uh, which they need that to feel stable. They can't just accept their own talents and their own place in the world. They have to be above and beyond everyone else. That is so much energy. Um, And it does call for a false persona because nobody is perfect and, and all people have flaws. And that is the beauty of our humanity. We all fit in with different strengths and different weaknesses. And, and so when we look at people as they are, we're under, we learn how to accept the good in them and also see the flaws. We all have that. Now, here's some childhood indicators. The biggest one with childhood is grandiosity. You know, the, the narcissistic child believes that they possess exceptional talents and intellect, and their superior view of themselves reflects in their, their uh, basically uh, distancing from other people. So, um, you know, the, they, they have a very strong absence of uh, reciprocity in taking turns and supporting their inflated self-love. They basically don't like to share. They don't like to take turns. And uh, they, they don't like things not going their way. And uh, others' needs don't matter to them. And, and their needs always prove more pressing. They believe the world revolves around them because of their uniqueness. And, and learning interest uh, only when they like the subject matter is what's important. So they like to have lots of followers, lots of people that don't have strong wills. And so basically, they're going to gravitate towards people they feel they can bully and they can uh, push into doing things their way. And because they cannot tolerate failure, they often abandon a project that won't make their them look good. And they don't. Uh, and when they don't receive praise for their endeavors, they they basically quit or stop trying. So they're they're people that basically self defeat on an ongoing basis. And here's the the core root is social dysfunction. They just have they because they believe in their superiority, they cannot admit when they're wrong. And basically um, they they refuse to take responsibility for their actions because they look at themselves uh, as as if it's a ghost, as if their flaws are, are something that that nobody did. They they justify everything that they do. And they have no remorse when they hurt someone's feelings. And they insist on going first in games and, and they bend the rules to suit their needs. So basically, as a child, their temper will flare if someone tries to beat them in a game or they will quit if they realize they, they won't be the winner. And then they blame others for their mistakes. They lack empathy for others and they have no allegiance to friends. But they use these friends for their own desires. And when they're tired of keeping up the pretense of friendship, they basically turn their back on the kid, the other kid, and they retreat. And they often do this into their adult lives. And sometimes they show up uh, uh, envy for others, while others, they tend to degrade uh, their accomplishments or their, or their um, possessions. So basically, it's all about how they look and uh, degrading other people and putting other people down, their gossips. Um, they often will make up half-truths to justify themselves. Um, they're also very antisocial people. They will stretch the truth or tell an outright lie to get out of trouble. And they will not admit that they've made a mistake and they'll even blame others for their shortcomings. 
And due to their self of, a sense of uh, self-entitlement, they have no qualms about stealing or justifying their action if they're caught. And commonly, narcissistic children harbor uh, sadistic fantasies in which they have power over other people. And these themes surface in psychotherapy. Uh, you know, they're abusive to their peers, they, they criticize them and make unrealistic demands, and the, this child uh, believes rules don't apply to them, and they refuse to adhere to the limits placed on them. So, you know, what is the effect of a narcissist on a child? Well, the children of narcissistic parents live in a very chaotic home that has been made so uh, by the narcissistic parent who wants everything. And the parent wants admiration, they want love, recognition, and all, all the, uh, at the expense of the children. And the narcissistic parents wants their children to fill them with love. If they fail to meet the standards that they have set, then they turn on them and they objectify the child and they possibly abuse them verbally and physically and the after effects go on forever. Um, children are blamed by society. You know, a narcissistic parent is, is quite capable of presenting more than one face to their family. At home, uh, if they're demanding, they expecting their children to look up to them every day, th their child never know uh, which parent they will be interacting with. They might smile or cut them down and just to remind them that their place in the family. And so that has a huge effect on a child's life. And at home and in public, the children of narcissistic parents echo what the parent wants, perfection, obedience, perfect family. And because children can't be perfect every day, they will fail to their parent on a continuous basis and be reminded of that failure over and over and over. And therefore, they don't get the positives that they need as a child to thrive and to build their self-esteem and to feel good about themselves. And so the narcissist basically is using their child just like they use everyone else to do what they want to do and to reflect who they want to be reflected as in public. Um, you know, children become narcissists when being born to a narcissistic parent it increases the probability that the children of this parent will themselves be narcissistic. And the narcissist treats their children as an extension of themselves. Only by the grace uh, of their pregnancy were, were you born. And so basically, I am your God because I gave you birth. And because they regard their children as possessions, they use them to settle imagined scores with other people. You know, should their mother-in-law have said something that, that she took wrong or he took wrong or the father-in-law, the, the narcissistic parent will use their children to hurt that mother-in-law or father-in-law. You know, you know, one day the narcissistic parent will be loving to their child and on the next they'll put them down or verbally abuse them, especially if, the failed, uh, if they failed them in some way. And children are always going to fail. They don't know all the rules and they don't have the intellect or impulse, uh, the, the, the ability to overcome their impulses. And so sadly, these children have very low self-esteem being raised by a narcissist. The psychological after effects. Children and narcissistic parents basically suffer a range of psychological effects that stem from the chaotic and abusive treatment they receive. And these after effects include becoming chronic caregivers, self-doubt, low self-esteem, and as adults, 
these children ignore their own uh, physical, emotional needs. They, they basically develop a lot of depression and a lot of anxiety. They, are, they also develop uh, obsessive-compulsive disorder, eating disorders, sexual disorders, and they can turn to self-medicating with alcohol and illegal drugs also. And because they're, they're uh, so used to the patterns of abuse, the children might be unable to develop an emotional closeness to others. And, and other effects that continue into adulthood is that they, they uh, unless the child's family recognize the issues stemming from the narcissistic parent, the, the children might not have gone into therapy. And because the children were not nurtured or able to reply on, on, uh, rely on parental consistency, they grew up believing that their treatment was normal and their adult relationships might reflect that pathological parenting in which they grew up. You know, quite frankly, most people are not taught how to be parents. And so what they do is they carry what they grew up with into their own lives and they do this subconsciously. Many times they tell themselves, I never want to do that. But what they end up doing is doing that because that's what they've learned and that's what they've absorbed. So what do you do? You know, uh, rage occurs when that instability is threatened. And furthermore, threatened to destabilize them. And so, you know, like a wounded animal being the most vicious because they think the next would, would kill them, narcissistic rage basically occurs when narcissists believe the next insult or assault to their grandiose uh, stability is going to shatter them. So they're so self-centered that their grandiosity uh, is what they need to stay stable. So what do you do when someone like that rages at you? Well, you, you don't let them cross over the line to physical violence. But if it looks like they will follow you to keep verbally assaulting you and then maybe escalate, just listen to them until they sputter out. Don't try to engage them verbally. Because if you do, you're, uh, you're basically playing their game. The other thing is, is that uh, after they calm down, or, or better off maybe the next day, uh, say to them, I didn't want to say this to you when you were yelling at or being sullen with me, but, but going forward, the next time you get so angry at me and verbally yell at me, speak contemptuous, uh, speak uh, or act weird or, or, or rage at me, please speak to me or act in a respectful manner. Talk to me like I talk to you. You know, and so, you know, what what our job is when we're receiving people that are out of balance is to not join them, is to actually step into a sane place and offer them a chance to come to that place. And if they can't come to that place, then what we want to do is call a timeout and say, maybe we ought to have this conversation at a different time. You know, words sometimes respond to words, but actions which narcissistic rage is, respond to actions in a form of consequences. They want a consequence. Narcissistic rage wants a consequence. And that consequence is to make your response or your action uh, overkill. And what they, they'd use that overkill to destroy whatever they think you are up to and to be right. You know, it's more important to weigh what, what these people are going to bring to your life. You know, if they, if they inflict this kind of stuff on you on a continuous basis and you live in that rage, what you're going to find is that your life is going to be miserable and uh, it's going to shape you into being defensive of the defense. And so you'll get caught up in that delusion 
uh, if you don't understand what you're dealing with. So if you're going to be with somebody who's narcissistic, what you definitely have to do is be able to, at least they have to be willing to admit that they have that problem and they want to solve it. And uh, once again, I, 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 I bring it forward that, you know, looking at God, God is above. So that means this person is no longer God that changes the psychology of a narcissist. It's very important to understand it from that perspective. Now, a female, you know, it's very easy to overlook uh, uh, a female narcissist. They're, they're much like what's called a sociopath. You know, they engage in the same type of uh, relational aggression that teenage girls do. They usually uh, fly under the ra- radar basically as the mean girl. And, uh, you know, if they use high levels of relational aggression and also demonstrate low levels of empathy and caring towards others, this suggests that basically they have a narcissistic tendency. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and uh, talk more about the difference between the male and the female narcissist. Come back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Dr. Gary Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist in Southern California, but he is here to help you no matter where you are. Visit drgbmft.com. You can schedule an appointment with Dr. Bell, and many major health insurance plans are accepted. Call or text Dr. Bell today at 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com. Dr. Bell could help you take back your life in four to eight carefully constructed sessions. Stop coping and start living in the now. Call 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com today. Do you like what you're hearing on the show today? Dr. Gary Bell wants to help you no matter where you are. He's fast, efficient, effective, and has a no-bull approach to helping you in less than 10 sessions. If you're ready to change right now, drop everything and call or text Dr. Bell at 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com today. You can also follow Dr. Bell on Twitter at drgbmft for some great insight and direction. Are you ready? Make that change. Pick up the phone or go to the site, 951-818-7856 or drgbmft.com. Remember, drgbmft.com. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? You need to live up to your full potential. You've heard that for years, but now there's a channel to help you get there. 
Introducing the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Our listeners have told us that they want to be motivated, hear about success stories, and positive encouragement around the clock. And we've responded to you. The Voice America Empowerment Channel is the home of the world's top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success experts. Listen to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's here at VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it'll take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. All right, we're talking about narcissistic rage. And we're talking about the female narcissist. And, you know, the problem is the the, the female narcissist rarely outgrows their excessive sense of entitlement, their lack of empathy, or thirst for interpersonal exploitation. They merely adjust these traits to their uh, changing environment. And and the female uh, narcissist is not just vain and self-absorbed. They're also a a, a bully who's covert and who ensnares uh, uh, fellow female friends, uh, relationship partners, and family members into their web. And uh, quite frankly, uh, many children that are trapped with the narcissistic parent uh, later on in life often think about suicide because that parent is so controlling and what a child needs is options not to be told what to do. And uh, they are often just very invasive, sociopathic kind of people. And, and, uh, you know, Basically, female narcissists do not grow out of their childhood aggression. Eerily enough, they evolve into even more effective aggression behaviors in adulthood, and they use a lot of manipulative tactics uh, basically to serve their selfish agendas and to exploit others. And uh, many women that are narcissistic are often labeled as borderline or histrionic, but in, in a sense that the ingredient of narcissism comes with it, and that is one of the primaries. Um, Females often have, and we're going to talk about males, by the way, uh, uh, females have a sadistic sense of pleasure to someone else's pain. They have an insatiable sense of competitiveness uh, due to a pathological envy and the need to be the center of attention. They also self, uh, they sabotage their friends, their relationships, and they stir chaos within social groups. They love chaos because if the world is chaotic around them, they don't ever have to look at themselves. And, uh, you know, you may notice an uncomfortable silence or a covert exchange of looks or an odd energy when you enter a room. And so then they or they may be overly friendly in contrast, but they happen to be the very person 
who's speaking behind your back. You know, the, you have to think and understand these per- people aren't real people. They're a persona. And so personas are only going to meet their personal needs. The, the female oftentimes also has an obsession with their appearance as well as a very high level of materialism and uh, superficiality. So they like to be male, uh, married to somebody who's a high performer at work but at home, that person just lays down and does whatever they want. Uh, they also, um, for the more cerebral type of narcissistic female, they might use their uh, accumulation of credentials or degrees or accomplishments to control and terrorize other people. So they might themselves go after something like nursing or whatever, and they, and they get that credential, and then they use that to go after people putting that forward as that's who they are rather than the real person that they really, really are. They also have a blatant disregard for boundaries of intimate relationships, including their own relationship. They're very invasive people, um, oftentimes the sense of harassment. Um, And uh, also, you may suspect that you're dealing with somebody like that uh, in the friendship or in a relationship because it's so inconsistent and you can never count on what they're going to be like with you as a person when you're around them. Okay, we're also uh, looking at a female narcissist. If they respond, basically their response to your boundaries will tell you all you need to know. Most narcissists cannot stand to be ignored. They feel uh, they're entitled to your constant attention. So they will continue to make persistent efforts until they get it or attempt to sabotage you if they fail. And if you notice that a female uh, friend of yours tends to spread rumors or engages in malicious gossip, try to cut the interaction short. Excuse yourself. Remember that the toxic person will try to convince others that you are the one speaking ill of them. So anything you say in agreement can and will be used against you. So stay calm. Whenever a female narcissist tries to provoke you, your indifference, your courage in the face of their threats and insults, is actually your greatest tool. It unsettles them when a target is not so easily rattled. And it also, because that means there's something more powerful about their victim than they expected. And if you're uh, being smeared by a female narcissist, calmly state the facts of the situation to your friends. Take note as to who stands up for you and who believes in the female narcissist. And remember that the presence of a very persuasive narcissist or sociopath There will always be a few people who are fooled. Don't waste your energy trying to convince them. If they are that easily fooled by someone else's claims rather than your track record of loyalty and support, they do not deserve your friendship. So you'll find that they will uncover the truth for themselves eventually. And even if they continue to enable narcissist behavior, they still get the short end of the stick, the person that's receiving the narcissist. You're always going to get the uh, the short end of the stick with a narcissist. And uh, they basically build harems. And uh, they build a support system that believes in them or that they think believes in them, but many times they don't. Now, the male narcissist... They have a sense of superiority and entitlement. The world of the narcissist is all about good and bad. I'm sorry, the world is not a melodrama. Melodrama is about you're either good or evil. There's no in-between. Good or evil. Well, human is in-between. We are both good and evil, but we're mostly gray. 
But these guys think in black and white, good and bad, superior, inferior, right and wrong. There is a definite hierarchy, and the narcissist feels that they are at the top, uh, which is the only place they feel safe. Narcissists have to be the best, the most right, the most competent, do everything their way, own everything, control everyone. Interestingly enough, narcissists can also get the superior feeling of being the worst, the, the most wrong, the most ill, upset, injured, or uh, for a period of time. They go through that in a sense of, yes, I'm wrong. They, they will go through, when they're wrong and they admit they're wrong, they will go through this deep mourning as if uh, they, they've been completely revealed. And that's what the sadness is. They feel completely revealed. They also, males, have an exaggerated need for attention and validation. Now, by the way, all of these characteristics, male or female, can float between either the male or the female. These are the primaries seen most commonly in a male, and these are the, the, the ones that I described earlier, are the most commonly seen in females. So, these, the men need have very strong need for attention and validation. They need constant attention, even following you around the house, asking you to find things, or constantly saying something to grab your attention. Validation for a narcissist counts only if it comes from others. Even then, it doesn't count for much. A narcissist's need for validation is like a funnel, and you pour in positive, supportive words, and they just flow out the other end and are gone. There is no sense of reciprocity of them giving it back to you. They just want to get it from you to them. Uh, they're, they're very self-absorbed. Uh, they brag a lot. Narcissists are actually very insecure and fearful of not measuring up, and they constantly try to elicit praise and approval to shore up their fragile ego. But no matter how much they've given, they always want more and more and more. They are a black hole. Also, perfectionism is a big part of male narcissism. They have an extremely high need for everything to be perfect. They believe they should be perfect, you should be perfect, and when things aren't perfect, there is a thing called retribution. Also, they have a very deep, strong need for control. And so, uh, they are continually disappointed with the imperfect way uh, life unfolds, and they want to do as much as possible to control it and mold it to their liking. Also, they have a very strong sense uh, uh, of, of, uh, of need for control. They, they uh, once again, that sense of control is a part of their characteristic, and, and they demand and they, that, they, that you do and say exactly what they have in mind. They feel like they've thought much deeper than anybody else has thought about their issues or the situation, and they feel like they are the expert and you should always just follow them. And so, uh, they, they're very, uh, they have a tendency to, to, to overlook everybody else's perspectives and everyone else's insight. It takes the joy out of life, quite frankly. They also have, uh, as males, a lack of responsibility. They love to blame. They love to deflect. They change the subject. If they can't uh, uh, blame somebody, then they're going to change the subject. You know, they, they want to be in control. They never want to be responsible for the results unless, of course, everything goes exactly their way and their redesi desired results occur. And when things don't go according to their plan and they feel criticized or less than perfect, the narcissist place all the blame and the responsibility on you. And it has to be someone else's fault. Someone has to be uh, blamed. 
uh, the police, bosses, teachers, Republicans, Democrats, so on. They just love to label and just go after people like that. And so uh, also male narcissists uh, have a lack of boundaries. They can't accurately see where they end and where you begin. They, they're a lot like two-year-olds. They believe that everything belongs to them. Everyone thinks and feels the same as they do. And everyone wants the same things they do. And they, they're shocked and highly insulted to be told no. So if a narcissist wants something from you, they'll go to great lengths to figure out how to get it through persistence, conjoling, demanding, rejecting, pouting, whatever it takes, they're gonna go after you and after you and after you. The other thing is they lack empathy. Lacking empathy is a big part of them. They have very little ability to see uh, the pain of other people. They tend to be selfish and self-involved and usually unable to understand what other people are feeling. Narcissists expect others to think and feel the same as they do and they seldom give any thought to how others feel. They also are rarely apologetic, remorseful, or guilty. And so, you know, they, they also, one of the things about their nature is they're very highly attuned to perceived threats, anger, and rejection from others. And at the same time, they're nearly blind to other uh, feelings of people around them. They frequently misread subtle uh, uh, facial expressions and are typically biased towards interpreting facial expressions as negative. Unless you're acting out of your emotions dramatically, the narcissist won't accurately perceive what you're feeling. You know, they just don't do the I'm sorry very often. All right, uh, they also do a lot of emotional reasoning. And you probably made the mistake of trying to reason and use logic with the narcissist and to get them to understand painful effects of their behavior and how it is on you. And you think that if they understand how, how much this behavior uh, hurt you, they'll change. Well, that's not going to happen. And narcissists make the most of their decisions based on how they feel about something, not about how you feel. They also do a thing called splitting. Uh, male narcissists and, and, and narcissists in general uh, they split into good and bad parts. They also split everything in their relationships to good and bad. So they may, in a good moment, do good with you and say and commit to good words with you and get to do good things. And then they flip. They do the bad. And they go from good to bad, good to bad, good to bad. And so they, you know, they're not able to see, feel, or remember both the positive and the negative in a situation. They flip between both of them because uh, they need to label and they need to label one way or the other. And so their entire life is motivated by fear, energized fear. And fear is the opposite of life. Faith is what life is about, a leap of faith, lots of leap of faith, where we don't know what the answers are until we get there. And so the deal is, is they do not like that. They want to control all outcomes. Anxiety is a big part of a, uh, a male narcissist and uh, shame inability to uh, to uh, be truly vulnerable and the ability to communicate or work as a part of a team are very strong indicators that, that person is uh, a narcissistic so you know acknowledge your annoyance with people that are narcissistic you know uh, appreciate where their behavior comes from so try to be empathetic that the fact they grew up in a narcissistic environment you also you want to uh, evaluate the context of what they're saying. So don't look at the big blustery emotion that's coming out. Try to get to what they're really saying. 
And you want to maintain a positive outlook if you're going to be around them. And don't let yourself get derailed. You know, keep your sense of humor with a narcissist. They're very insecure. And it's important for you to understand that. That's our show. Our next show is Living as a, uh, as a Victim, Victimology, Living as a Victim. You know, I'd like to thank everybody for listening. I'd love to hear from you, drgbmft at sbcglobal.net or my website, drgbmft.com. I'm currently scheduling speaking engagements, teaching engagements. Uh, I'm conducting uh, intensive coaching for single married couple, mar- you know, one single couples. Uh, as far as not people that are single, but people that are couples, not in groups, but in, in individual couples, uh, pre-marriage and individuals in person or over Skype or over the phone. If you uh, would like to book a time, www.drgbmft.com. Uh, remember, the smarter you are about narcissistic abuse, the crazier they will say you are. And also remember that victims are no longer victims when they state they are victims. And when you see people in deep thought, realize that they are likely just thinking about what they want to eat. Thanks for listening. That's our show for this week. Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you.